Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. This is not gonna be a super long video. First of all, it's Valentine's Day, so I wanna just wish you all a wonderful Valentine's Day. Listen, regarding Valentine's Day, it doesn't matter if you're single or if you're married or if you're dating somebody, just enjoy this day and enjoy this season. You know, I've counseled so many people over the years and I can't tell you, I could do a whole nother video on this, but uh, I meet singles that wanna be married and they're struggling because, you know, I look, I, I understand, I dealt with this too, uh, but you know, they deal with loneliness and different things and depression. And so there's many, many single people that wanna be married. There's many, many married people, I hate to tell you, it's the truth, after 20 something years of counseling people that would love to be single. So what I've learned is enjoy the season that you're in, whether you're married or whether you're single or whether you're dating somebody, just enjoy the season that you're in. Just praise God for whatever season that he's got you in. And I really believe that the Lord is gonna bless you for doing that. And he's got a plan for your life. It's a good plan. And again, I said I could do a whole video on that. I really could, uh, but that's not why I'm doing this. I gotta talk about the Super Bowl. So anyway, just happy Valentine's Day. Hope you enjoyed the day, okay? That's the end of that thought. Let's talk about the Super Bowl because there are a lot of people still posting. Many people got really mad at me yesterday because I just made a few remarks about the NFL uh, I made a few remarks about the halftime show, which I've, I've been calling out the halftime show for years. Um, you know, in the last couple of years, more people have started to see that there are some weird things that they do, uh, ritualistic kind of things. And, you know, and I, I look, I think it's beyond a doubt that they do that because, you know, there's only so many things that could be coincidence, you know, so many things that could be coincidence. If you go back like the past 10 years and you look at the halftime shows, um, almost 10 out of 10 of them would probably have some weird stuff. And what I think, I was really thinking about this yesterday, and what I think is going on is I think we're so conditioned as a society that when there's not like really bad stuff that's completely demonic that's being done, people are like, oh, it's actually so good, it's so better. So it's like we've almost got to a place and I'm not trying to be critical, and I'll tell you where I'm coming from in a minute. Um, but you know, it's almost like it's been so bad and so demonic and so sexualized that when it's like kind of, you know, they, they pull back a little bit and it's not as bad, then people are like, actually like, you know, oh, that's okay, that's better. So let me just tell you a little story, okay? And I really believe that's what's going on. And we can't settle just because it's a little bit better. You know, maybe they did that so that a lot of people would start watching the NFL again because they know many people are waking up. You ever think of that? Uh, I can tell you, when I used to post about some of this stuff like five years ago, a lot of my feed would think I was completely nuts, you know? Now, there's a lot more people that get the whole thing about the rituals and the things that they do during these types of events. Listen, you gotta understand, they have the whole world watching. They know that an event like the Super Bowl that millions and millions of people that probably would never all at the same time watch anything. You know, back in the day, people used to watch like the Oscars and the Emmy, all these things. They don't like that anymore because they're sick and tired of the elites in Hollywood talking down to everybody else. You know, flyover country. You know, they don't want to, people have turned those things off. We're tired of hearing their nonsense. And, and, and many more people understand that there's a, like a deep state and they understand that there's, you know, like uh, this elite group and there's so much that's come out in the last couple of years, and that's why they're trying to censor, censor, censor. Now, there's still people that have their heads buried in the sand. There's still people that don't wanna believe that these types of things go on, and that's fine. 
Uh, you know what? You have to go on your own journey. But for me, I started researching many years ago and it's led me to understand. You got to remember, I was, a, I was a child actor. I was in Hollywood. I saw a lot of this stuff firsthand. So a lot of this for me is my own journey that the Lord has allowed me to walk. And because of that, you know, it's undeniable for me. You know, I was a child actor. You know, I, I, I messed, messed around a little bit in the music industry. Here's another fun fact that I haven't shared, which I'm going to have to write about in my book. So my father worked for Macy's. He was a, like a VP. Uh, it, was, it was actually uh, another company at the time. They got, Macy's bought it out. Uh, but it used to be the May Company. And, you know, this is a fact. My dad was a, an executive there. And so we lived in a nice area for this part of my childhood. I had a lot of, you know, other things that were not good in my childhood. But one of the things that was a blessing was my dad had a really good job and we lived in a nice community. And uh, so this community that we lived in, in Porter Ranch, California, our next door neighbor was this guy, Mailman. Um, you know, and he, they, they sang about him in some of Dr. Dre's songs. So here I am, this suburban kid living next door to this music producer. I'm in probably my late teens or early twenties at this point, right before I started dedicating my life to the Lord. And uh, this guy was actually, Mailman made a lot of Dr. Dre's beats. Many people don't realize this, but you know, Dr. Dre was known for his beats. Mailman made many of Dr. Dre's beats. In fact, later, I think he actually sued Dr. Dre because Dre made way more money off of the beats than he did. He still made good money and he lived in a beautiful home, but he didn't make nearly what Dr. Dre made. So why am I telling you this? Well, I'm telling you this because I would go over to the studio that was in his house right next door on the left side of my home and I would party with these guys. And, uh, you know, there was times Eminem would come by and there was times, you know, other people in the industry would come by because he had a state of the art studio. And I was doing shenanigans with these guys. I'm not going to lie to you. I was, you know, I was caught up. This was before I, you know, lived for the Lord. So I was in Hollywood. I was, you know, I would go out to Hollywood and party and be in the club scene. And then I would also party with these guys because they, hey, they were my next door neighbor, you know? So, so anyway, let me just tell you the, the lifestyle that they led, you know, gangster rap, you know, smoking weed, doing drugs, living a promiscuous lifestyle, you know, all the things affiliated with hip hop, because I was in the hip hop culture, I was in the Hollywood culture, and I'm not like, you know, against hip hop. I mean, you know, look, there's some great Christian hip hop artists now that have come out and redeemed the, uh, the music, you know, and, and I think of Bryson Gray and some of these other guys, you know, that look, you know, there's some really good uh, Christian artists out there. I don't wanna start naming names because I'll forget people. But what I'm trying to say is the, the lifestyle, the overall lifestyle that was pushed by Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, it was abusive to women. The, the, the lyrics were absolutely awful. I don't know if you ever listened to Eminem's lyrics, but they were awful. You know, I mean, on so many levels from, you know, being violent to being abusive to women uh, to, you know, suicidal stuff. Nothing that I would want my daughter to listen to. Now, our generation, we, we listened to it. We got caught up. And I really believe that that was one of the reasons where I almost lost my life because that led up to the point where I got stabbed nine times. See, I don't talk about this stuff, but I feel like I have every right to talk about this. And maybe this is something that the Lord is having me talk about in this season of the ministry because for 23 years in the ministry, I barely have shared any of this stuff. Because honestly, Christians would judge me and, uh, you know, but you know what? I think we're at a time where we just got to, we got to talk about it all, you know? And I was lied to by gangster rap. I thought I was a gangster and I would go out and, you know, sometimes I'd carry a gun. I would do stupid things. 
stupid stuff. I would do drugs. I would party. You know, this was when I was in the world before the Lord saved my life. But I almost died. And not only did that, did I almost die, but I had to get delivered of so much stuff from all this nonsense, from that lifestyle. And that lifestyle was glorified. It, it, it caused me to be violent. It caused me to do stupid things. It caused me not to like the police. It caused me to be like so many things, rebellious, you know, and how many other people were suburban kids like me that got pulled into gangster rap and then got pulled into the lifestyle and all that nonsense because we believed MTV and we believed, you know, we followed these people and we thought these people were like, you know, people that we should idolize or we should follow because that's what our generation did. I'm a generation Xer. You know, I'm in my mid forties. And so this was what we listened to. We listened to gangster rap because it was pushed by MTV and the whole lifestyle. And, and they were abusive to women. All these people on the left that are like so worried about women's rights and Me Too movement. Hey, I'm all, I'm all for that stuff. But why don't they care that gangster rap was so abusive calling women B's and H's, if you know what I mean, okay? And just totally abusive. And how come no one ever called that out? The, the fact that, it, you know, just like video games cause a lot of people to be violent. Well, so did the music. And now all of a sudden it comes on the Super Bowl and I feel like I have a right to talk about this because I'm seeing a lot of Christians out there that are saying, oh, it was so much better. It wasn't as, you know, it wasn't evil. You know, the, the people actually, you know, it, it, was, it was a family-friendly uh, halftime show. Family-friendly. I mean, I think what it is, is I think that we've been so desensitized because, you know, we've seen such demonic, such evil stuff coming out of Hollywood, coming out of the music industry for so many years in America that you see something where they pull back a little bit and it's like, oh, it's good now. It's, you know, that's what I'm seeing. And people are mad at me because I called it out yesterday again. And they're saying, uh, oh, Todd, you know, it was so much better. How can you, you know, and, and I understand that some people are saying, you know, Dr. Dre's sober now and Snoop is, I don't know. I don't know if they're sober. People are telling me they're sober. So listen, I'm all for sobriety. I, I hope that they got off of the drugs. I hope that they got off of the alcohol because they partied hard. Okay, they partied hard. Uh, I have a hard time believing that, that all of them are off of it, but maybe they are. And listen, there's nothing I wish more than for them to be sober and to know Jesus. And I'm not here to attack them. Listen, they can come to my church. They can, you know, come to any meeting I do. Uh, I would be more than happy to have them come. I would be respectful. I would be kind. I would be loving just as I would be to anyone else. So I'm not here to judge the person or condemn them. Uh, you know, they can come and accept Jesus just like I did because look, he saved a wretch like me. And I'm not trying to tell you that I was some great guy. I was an awful dude, but he saved a wretch like me. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm not here. Look, any of them, any of them want to come and get saved. That's what this revival is going to be like. It's going to be the misfits. It's going to be the, the gangsters. It's going to be the tatted up people. It's going to be the drug addicts. It's going to be the prostitutes. It's going to be people because that honestly, let's just be real. That's what's going on in our country. Okay, our country has a bunch of people addicted to opioids, addicted to fentanyl, addicted. I mean, if you want to get real, our country needs Jesus, okay, like more than ever. Uh, you know, between the attack on the family, the attack on marriage, the, the drug abuse, the addiction. I know that many of this people that are watching this video, you have family members and friends, and you know what I'm talking about. Maybe even you are dealing with addiction. I'm not even getting into the pornography and all the vices and, and the strongholds. And the people of God are now being called to rise up and to be the church, 
to be the ecclesia and to pull down the strongholds. And I'm thankful that I'm seeing pastors out there that are talking about deliverance, that are talking about all these things that haven't been talked about for years. And I know some shenanigans are going on in those areas too. And we'll call it out when we see it because I don't think anybody should be charging you to get delivered and all that nonsense because that came free. That came at the cross. He paid the ultimate price, Jesus, for us. You know, and so, uh, but that's a whole nother video. But let's get back to what I'm talking about here, where, where people are saying like, oh, it's so much better now. No, we have to come out from among them. I'm not going to budge on this one because I feel like I have a right to talk about this. I live this. I live the fake lie of, of, of MTV and, and, and the hip hop culture that told me it was okay to treat women that way, to talk that way, to pretend like I was a little gangster, okay? All that nonsense and shenanigans. And it caused me years, my friends. I didn't just accept Jesus and get saved and everything was good. I had to get delivered. I had to fight for my healing. It took years to come out of that lifestyle. And, and I am a fortunate one, but I've lost many of my friends. And I'm gonna tell you, out of my group that I hung with in high school, I'd say at least half of them are dead. And I'm not even making that up. That's the truth. I can go name by name by name. You know, my best friend, D. Gaines, that I used to roll with, my, I used to call him my roll dog, okay? D. Gaines, he's dead, okay? Uh, most of my, I mean, Ryan Withers, dead. Uh, love these guys, you know, but they're, they're, they're no longer here. Um, you know, I can go on and on and on. I don't want to start naming names. But what I'm trying to tell you is that lifestyle was a lie. And that was taught to my generation. And they said, you know, what you want to do is you want to be a baller, you know, baller, shot caller, you know, and you want to, you want to, you know, sleep with as many women as you can. You want to, you know, if you're, if you know, to be successful, it's all about the Benjamins, you know, and, and, and they called girls B's and H's and all. And that, that was the way that we were taught from this gangster rap and no one seemed to care. I know there was people that were in the Christian community that, that were out there calling it out at the time, but it was, it was pretty much accepted and most of my generation listened to that nonsense. Some of you didn't. Some of you were blessed and you didn't get caught up in that. Uh, but when I lived in Los Angeles, that was big in Los Angeles. We didn't have, you know, Los Angeles wasn't about playing sports in high school and all that. It was stupid gangster stuff. Like where that was like the cool, the cool crowd where they thought they were gangsters. They were, want, I mean, we're, it was just wannabe stuff. It wasn't even, you know, but there was real gangs that were coming in and being busted in our schools. And, you know, and so the suburbanites and, and the, and the kids thought that they were gangsters. Kids were getting jumped. Kids were getting shot. I remember drive-bys at my high school. Don't even get me started. Okay. So it was a lie. We were told a lie and we bought a lie. Now, thank you, Jesus. We've been given a second chance. If you're still alive, and you've been caught up all these years in the lifestyle of addiction, you have an opportunity today to walk out of that just like I did because they said to me that I would not be able to get out of it. But you know what? The Lord spared my life. When I got stabbed nine times, I shouldn't have lived. But the Lord allowed me to live. He allowed me to live so that I can be here today to share the truth. And he redeemed me and he restored my life. But I, I just, I really felt like I needed to share this today because I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people defending this stuff. And they, and, they, and they feel like, oh, well, it wasn't that bad. And, and I'm not trying to attack you if you don't think it was bad. I'm just trying to share with you that there's, there's a whole spirit behind that lifestyle. There's a spirit that, 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 that you can get caught up in, a spirit of addiction, violence, an, an alternative lifestyle that's not righteousness. And it's a lie from the pit of hell. And many of our young people have bought into it for years, including my generation, including myself. But thank God there were bold enough men of God that yanked me out, were, were willing to mentor me, were willing to spend time with me and get me saved and set free and healed and delivered. Thank you for my praying mom that prayed me through. 
okay? And, and so I should not be here today, but you know what? God spared my life and he recently spared it again. And so I'm not gonna pull any punches. I'm not gonna hold back, okay? Because I really believe God is saying, come out from among them. So look, we can, we can settle for mediocre and we can look at all the positives. And by no means, look, I, like I said, any of these people come to any meeting where I'm preaching, I'm gonna love on them. They are accepted. I am no better than them. Like God saved a wretch like me. I'm not attacking the person. I'm attacking the spirit. I'm attacking the lifestyle. I'm attacking the lie. So there's a difference. It's not about the person. God loves the person, but he hates the sin. And so we need to speak out against the sin. That's what it's about. When we talk about different lifestyles and different things that are sin, we're calling out the sin. We're not calling out the person. We're calling out the spirit and the sin. And that's what our nation needs to be delivered of, is the sin. we got to call it for what it is. Call a spade a spade and then give a path to righteousness. This is what you can do to be set up for success in this world. This is what you can do to not die and to live because Jesus Christ is life, life everlasting, both in this world and in eternity. So anyway, I hope I made sense. Uh, I know many of you are saying I don't even watch the Super Bowl and I'm right there with you. Uh, but there was a good portion of people that I know that were actually mad at me yesterday because they said, oh, it wasn't even that bad. And, you know, I, I thought it was pretty family friendly. And I, I just, you know, I had to watch it for myself just to make sure I'm not missing anything. I'm not, I'm saying it is a little better than past years where the women were dancing around completely naked almost. I mean, you know, in like, you know, really, really skimpy outfits, wardrobe malfunctions and all this, you know, ritualistic kind of weird stuff that was going on. It, it was better this year, I, I will admit, and, and to somebody that likes hip hop, like, yeah, you probably liked it. And hey, I'm a Cali guy, you know, for many years I lived out there, you know, I was born in Cincinnati, but I lived in Cali for most of my life. I went to high school there. I went, you know, I was raised up there in Hollywood. And so I get it. Like the, the, the Cali person in me wants to be like, yeah, you know, uh, soup dog, Dr. Dre, because yeah, that's the, the lifestyle, the West coast and all that. But I'm just trying to talk about the spirit behind it and the lie from the pit of hell. Because it's a lie from the pit of hell. Those things are lies. Promiscuous lifestyles, girls that are B's and H's, you know, and, and demeaning women like that. For some reason, they get away with it in the rap song. I don't know why, but no one seems to call it out. You know, the gangster lifestyle, all that. It's all lies. It's all lies. And the Bible says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. So we want to we wanna offer those people a path, just like God did with me, to get out of it and to actually live free, to be delivered and healed and set free. But I'm not going to sit here and condone that. I'm not going to sit here and sign off on it and be like, oh, yeah, it's much better family friendly. It, listen, I have a two, almost three-year-old daughter. And uh, I will tell you that even that thing yesterday, I don't want her watching that nonsense. I mean, most of the Super Bowl is a bunch of predictive programming and uh, all kinds of different uh, underlining propaganda and different things that they're pushing throughout the whole thing. And uh, we need to get more spiritually astute as a people of God and walk into sermon and wisdom and understand these things. And so, you know, I know I'm not the only one that sees this. I know many of you, most of you in this remnant community get it, but this community continues to grow and God continues to, to show more and more people as this is a massive awakening that's happening. And that's why the enemy is mad because so many people are waking up. And if you are recently waking up, thank you. Praise the Lord. I'm rejoicing with you that the Lord is showing you and revealing these things to you. And it doesn't mean I hate football. I don't hate football and I don't hate the players in the game. There's many amazing players out there that do love God probably and are some good people. I'm just saying there's a corporate entity behind the NFL that has been pushing uh, a certain agenda as far as my opinion. And I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. And we have research and facts to back that. 
So anyways, thank you guys for allowing me to, um, to share this today. I know everybody's not going to agree with me and that's okay. Uh, you can pray about it. I'm not here to judge you if you don't agree with me. This is my personal view based on my experience, uh, based on what the Lord has shown me over the years. Uh, but all I would say is, will you pray about what I'm saying today? Will you ask the Lord? And I will do that too. If you if you have a, a complete disagreement with what I'm saying, write me an email, todd.coconato, todd.coconato at rlcus.org, todd.coconato at rlcus.org. And, uh, or you can go to pastortodd.org and, and message me right from there, pastortodd.org. And I would love to hear your opinion. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Say, Todd, you're completely wrong. You're missing the mark. I completely disagree with you. And I would love to, to have a conversation with you or hear your thoughts on this. Uh, but for me, I just think of the scripture as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord and I'm not going to compromise. And to me, uh, I, I, I do say it's an improvement, uh, but I'm not going to sit here and say it's family friendly because I don't think it was. All right, guys, bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, we'll talk soon.